All right. Welcome to our second episode of the Spiritually Minded podcast where we discuss conference talks and the gospel. Um, Today, we're going to be discussing In the Path of Their Duty by Elder David A. Bednar. It was the first talk. And I am pretty sure, I think from here on out, I'm just going to go in order of the conference talks unless I feel like doing otherwise because that's how we're rolling with this today. Um, So today I've got my friend Amber Pierce from Left with a Smile. She is incredible. Amber, how do you want to introduce yourself today? (laughs) Hi. Um, Well, I'm from New Mexico. I'm a mom of five kids and I love the gospel and I love uh, finding ways to help strengthen faith. You know, that that scripture in Jacob is my clarion call, like uh, where he talks about that he could not be shaken. And so I tried to do that for myself and I try to help others. And that's where Left With A Smile started on Instagram. And and really where we are unshaken is through our prof, uh, prophet and apostles. So I love that I'm here talking to you about this. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. I'm excited about it too. I love this talk and let's just jump in. Um, I actually want to share a thought that I had first, if you don't mind. Um And that was, so there's so many things that I loved about this talk. I loved that he sees the unseen and I wrote like on one where it says in the path of their duty and he starts going through all the different people. It's like seeing the unseen and um, just the, the so many ways where people just stay on the covenant path and just serve and get no recognition. They continue to go unseen. And that is so much more likely that's such a more likely story than the people who serve and get recognition or the times when we get big callings and i actually thought of there was a podcast that i really really love i'm not going to mention it i'm not going to give any like discriminating details here but i wanted to kind of start with this and just again like kind of go from there to show like why i love this talk so much Um, because this other thing bothered me. So in this podcast that I really do love, um, they're sharing, they do interviews and they're sharing a success story of a a church member. And, you know, he is like now owns a business and is like very, very wealthy and successful. And that's kind of a lot of what the podcast is. But I feel like those kind of stories was like, yeah, I listened to the spirit and followed this path. And now we're like millionaires, right? (laughs) And, and it was scary. And, and, but I feel like those kinds of stories, like give like a false narrative or a false idea of the scripture. When you keep the commandments, you'll prosper in the land, or just kind of a false idea of like, when you live the gospel, then you're going to be blessed with earthly wealth. And that was actually like coming back to this, like one of the reasons that I loved this talk was it's a more realistic version of staying on the covenant path and what you get from it is staying on the covenant path and just love from God and just your heart changing. And sometimes it's really hard and you don't always see the the temporal blessings, but you will see spiritual blessings as you just continue on. I love that insight. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about the, the temporal blessings of it all. Yeah. Uh, that is one way that the world definitely equates success, right? Is the money. I think it's interesting how here we are, like we've been told we have this amazing divine potential and worth. And we believe that, right? 
And then we look to the world though, for the definition of what mm. worth is instead yeah. of looking to God for that definition. And I think that's where we get tripped up and kind of caught in the weeds um, is that, you know, the world's definition is uh, recognition, money, um, being kind, kind of famous in the limelight. That is the definition of worth and success. Yeah. And so looking at that definition, we're not, we're always going to feel like, oh, I'm not doing enough, you know, and not feeling quite enough. Um, mm-hmm. But if you go to, I was thinking about like, okay, so what is God's definition of worth, of success? And really all it is, is filling the measure of our creation, turning to him for whatever his will is for us. And it's going to look different for each person, right? First one person, it might look like being an apostle of God, you know, where everybody knows you, but that doesn't make them any more worthy. They are doing what God has asked them to do. Yeah. And for another person, it might just be quietly doing all those little things in the background, the serving people when there's a need and that nobody ever knows about. And that's filling the measure of their creation. And that's enough. And God, you don't have to be um, well-known or seen to be deeply loved and of infinite worth in God's eyes. Right. I think what he wants from us is that our hearts are changed, right? That our hearts are turned toward him, that we, that we do our part to embrace the atonement of Jesus Christ and to be like him and to love and serve his children. Yeah. And I love, I love the beginning of this where he talks about, um, Moroni, um, and in that scripture that if all men had been and were and never would be like Moroni, the very powers of hell would have been shaken for every day. The devil would never have had power over the hearts of the children of men. That was my mission scripture on my little plaque. That's the one that I chose because it was my favorite picture. And I just like went into my mission with this like lion heart when I started, but then like having to speak another language and everything was just like different than I thought it would be. I, I almost I don't know. There was this point where I, I felt a lot smaller than I expected to feel. And it was just in those, like, just getting up every day, like just being consistent, just quietly serving. That was, um, that felt most like success than like being loud. Like I imagined myself being like Moroni. And I love that. He's like, in just a couple verses after talks about Helaman and his brethren, who were less conspicuous and also no less serviceable, they were still needed and they weren't loud. And they're not like, if everyone was like them, that I think that every if everyone was like all of them, right? Just serving the Lord and having their hearts toward turned toward Jesus Christ, then it would have the same effect as this the devil would never have power over the hearts of the children of men. Yeah, I I love that part too. In fact, after the talk, those words kept on running through my mind, no less serviceable, no less serviceable. And I think like, what if Helaman and had been comparing himself 
to Moroni this whole time, right? I think that that's another, that's where we get tripped up is, is comparison, looking around to what others are doing and being like, oh, they're so good at that. And they're so good at that. And not realizing that our gifts are the ones that matter, you know, don't, don't worry about what everyone else is doing. It's, if that doesn't help you feel the measure of your creation, it kind of, kind of makes you shrink back into yourself. Cause you're like, if I can be as that person, then I'm, I just want to shrink back. I, I don't want to be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You're going to die at this example that I'm going to share. Okay. <laughs> yes, when I, so after I was like reading through this talk and I'm like, oh, this is the one that I chose to do with Amber. She's got like 30,000 followers on Instagram and I have like 33. <laughs> and I'm like, Amber's Moroni and I'm Helaman. <laughs> <laughs> but we are no less serviceable. I'm like, she's going to hate that example. But, um, and where, while there is like, I mean, I was super nervous to reach out to you. Like, I don't know, the months ago when I reached out to you and I'm like, no, she's your friend. Like, it's okay. She doesn't think she's a big deal. Like she's very like humble and incredible. And it's only you who thinks that she's like too big of a deal to talk to you. Um, but what I'm getting at is like, I still love like my mission and my purpose and my way of serving, even if I don't have like the big, like number following as you do. And I love you and what you're doing. And we just like, just reach an audience that we reach. And it's like, I don't know what I'm saying there. Just oh, I love what you're saying. Matter. Like I love that you love what you're doing. Like that's the key. Like if you love what you're doing, just do it. Who cares? And it's so interesting me having the perspective of, you know, not long ago, whatever, nine months ago, having 400 followers and now having whatever, 30,000. I'm like, wow, this isn't what I thought it meant. Because, you know, I used to be in that place looking at other people with lots of followers. I'm like, wow, they must be so amazing and all this stuff. And it's, you're just you, you're just doing your thing and you still love people in the same way. And you're like, my purpose with 400 followers is still my purpose now, which is, I just want people to turn to Christ. I just yeah. want to in a testimony of Christ and the followers doesn't matter. It's so funny how, and once again, God doesn't say, you know, I love so-and-so a little more than Amber because that person has a million followers, right? It's, yeah. we are the ones that rank ourselves, not God. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's like why I felt comfortable to share that right because I don't I don't now like feel ranked like I feel like we're friends and we're just we're just doing our work yeah and you know what the cool thing is it was so interesting as I was kind of preparing my like just setting this talk I had some music going on in the background and there's this song by um called nobody by casting crowns have you ever heard that song I don't know okay well I'm gonna tell you the, the chorus lyrics like this song like I play it probably, I don't know, 10 times a week. It It's kind of like my anthem. <laughs> okay. I'm going to, I'll look it up and put it in the show notes for anybody else's who's but curious, the, but. The songs is I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave me a heart, gave, gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. And I think that 
like that's the point and as long as the only one who sees me is is my savior that's okay and as long as and I think the more you are okay with that it take it takes a while right you you want people to recognize you it's it's the natural man thing the more comfortable you get with just being okay if, if, if Jesus Jesus is the only one that sees me that's okay then the more all you want people that you don't want even people to see you you want them to see Jesus and you yeah. want that to be the purpose and the end goal of, of anything that you do and I'm sure like the the leaders in our church would say the same thing they they don't care about the attention they get they just are desperate for people to know their savior yeah yeah I feel that I'm like just want to cry because that just hit that just pierced my heart I'm like yes 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 all of that and I'll, I'll tell you this other experience I had just this last week so like I post you probably have this feeling you post something and you're like five minutes later checking like did anyone heart my post do I have any comments like mm -hmm. and sometimes I'm embarrassed I get a little obsessive like I'm checking like every 10 minutes like oh did anyone did anyone and in a moment that I wasn't actually checking, the spirit was like, Amber, why are you checking this so much? Are you checking this so much because you want to make sure people approve of you? Or do you want to make sure people are excited about a message about Christ? Mm -hmm. And I was so grateful for that perspective. Like that that's what matters. It's not about us. It's about our savior. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. I was actually thinking about that just yesterday and I was trying to make a post about it, but I didn't know how to say it without being weird. So I might just be weird here instead. Um, but I was thinking about how there's the rewards of the world, right? Like I started this talking about this, this guy who did a business and earned a bunch of money. And then also the doing things like completely altruistically, right? Which would be like, because I want them to see the savior. And I'm like, I love that God works with us, right? That he's like, you know what? I know that this external reward of the likes and the comments and the followers and stuff is going to be like somewhat motivating for you to get on and testify and to put value out and to do things. And I just like, he's, he's smart, right? And he knows like our weaknesses and he knows like what makes us tick. And I'm like, I think he works with us. And yeah, then there is a point where it's like, okay, but what is your motive? Right? Like questioning that. But I, I still think like, that's not bad. And I do think that the Lord works with us to motivate us to do good things. You know, it's like, well, I'm going to start this business because I need to make money, but actually also this business is going to bless so many people and bring them to Christ. Yeah. Yeah, we are definitely a work of prog progress. And I think that, you know, whatever the motivation is, it doesn't matter as much as just doing it. And then, mm -hmm. just like you said, Christ works to turn that motivation into an even better thing. Yeah. You know, I, so you, you brought up something, an example uh, that involved me. So I'm going to bring up an example that involves you, Sabrina. <laughs> it embarrassed me. <laughs> Because so those that are listening, Sabrina and I met through a, a coaching program. Um, we were getting certified together when we were in the same group and we got to practice coaching each other. And 
I got to coach Sabrina. Yeah. And this is where I learned that my gift is not in coaching. <laughs> That's besides the point. I was like, I think I'm going to stick with teaching. Um, but there is this one point, and I'll see if you remember this, Sabrina, where I asked you if you would be okay if the only person that was blessed by everything you were doing ended up being you or only it only reached one person would you be okay with that do you remember me asking you that I don't remember this no <laughs> I remember I remember the session but I don't remember the questions and well and you answered you were like no <laughs> I'm not okay with that I'm doing all this work and I'm not okay with that and I you know I feel that same thing but I wasn't explaining my point very well as I was talking to you. And I'm going to try and get across what I was trying to, to explain then, um, because I think it's helpful in relates to this, this talk, um, because a lot of times we stop doing things. We stop doing our call because we feel like no one's listening. No one's seeing us. Why does this not making a difference? What's the point? And, um, for me, it wasn't until I was okay with not getting my worth from everybody else and how they received me, then that I felt like my uh, potential was completely unlocked. Like we mm. have to be okay with getting our potential. I, I mean, our worth, our, that love from only Jesus Christ. And if we are, then it just like, my goodness, it it like opens these dormant parts in us and opens and unlocks these gifts. And it allows us to share in such a beautiful, vulnerable, true way because it, it lets us let go of those insecurities. I don't know if that making makes any sense but it really that's the key to turning five talents into 10 is to stop worrying about how many people are going to see this how they are going to receive this just listen to the spirit and follow what god is asking you to do and yeah no i think it makes sense because it takes away the comparison it takes away the pressure of thinking about what other people are thinking about you and just brings it very much into that that internal locus of control yeah yeah, and I was, you know, not that I, I don't want to come across as it like, I'm, I've arrived, I'm at that place. <laughs> but um, I, I was like, it was interesting what helped me overcome a lot of that. I've heard it as um, finding your worth in vertical things. Or no, 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 sorry. Horizontal things. Okay. So you're looking for everything around you instead of vertically, which is only through Jesus Christ. Yeah. And there was a time in my life where like I was towards the, to the world standards, like worth nothing, nothing because I could do nothing. Like I could just lay in bed all day, every day. I was so unwell and just suffering for from horrible um 
insomnia and vertigo and just my body wouldn't recover. I was in constant fight or flight and I just, I could hardly ever sleep and I was just always exhausted and I could do nothing. And it was in the middle of that nothingness of like, even arguing with God, like, could, if you could just heal me, do you know how much I could be doing for you right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and God's answer was like, do you know how much I'm doing for you right now? Yeah. yeah. Like, it was in the middle of that feeling of nothingness that I realized what my worth was mm-hmm. and how loved I was. And it's that is in the middle of that, that is where I learned that it's not about checklists, that it's not about all the things that we think we can do. It's about what God is doing with us. Yeah. Oh, I love that example. And I just feel like that hits home again. Like what he wants from us is to turn our hearts to the savior, right? Not necessarily to change our circumstances, but to change our beingness. And I think again, like this whole section of seeing the unseen or in the path of their duty, right? That's what all of these examples are showing are all of these people who are just being disciples of Jesus Christ and, and just keep going and are just, just serving and, and continue on the path with open hearts, just because they love their savior, not because they're trying to get anything out of it. And the key is just like figuring out what that path, I think that can be a hard thing too. Like, okay, what is the path of my duty? You know, and sometimes mm-hmm. you don't recognize you're in it. You you're in, you're on the path. Don't worry. A lot of people worry about like, what's my purpose. I don't know my purpose kind of thing. If you are turning to Christ every day, don't worry, you are in the path of your duty and he's going to lead you along. You're, you're doing more important work than you realize, especially, I think the most important work is the work that nobody sees, um, especially as mothers. I'm sure mothers can really relate to this. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we get so tunnel vision with our own wrestle with our children and, you know, I, I bring my four kids with to church alone. And um, it's interesting. I've been doing that for since we went back to church after COVID. So almost, I guess it's two and a half years ish. I don't know. Um, but it was like not too long ago. Somebody was like, oh, I didn't know that you came to church alone. I was like, how do you not know? But I'm like, because nobody is paying attention to me, right? They're all paying, not like in a offensive way, but they're all like so focused on, on themselves and their path and their families. And that's okay. That's exactly what they should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think of that young mother time for me and wow, that's <laughs> back in those days, I had this perspective of um, when it came to church and callings that if, if you are called into one of those more visible callings, like into a presidency, then, then God sees you as valuable and capable and worthy. I really equated whatever calling you're serving in to worth, which I know, but I was younger and immature and just didn't understand that. And so when you have that perspective and then you never get called into those callings, like in my, it's 28 
years that I've been an adult (laughs) in church and receiving callings. In that 28 years, I've spent maybe four of those years serving in a presidency. And I've never been the president of anything. Now, I know some people would say, wow, she's lucky. (laughs) And it wasn't like I was... I wanted to be, I honestly probably would say, no, I don't want to be the president of anything. But because I thought that being called into a, a, a caller, a calling like that meant that you were, you, wow, you were special. Then I was mm-hmm. taking this, this message like, wow, God doesn't think I'm capable. Or I'd even think I'd see these women serving together and they were all so amazing and great fa- friends. And I'm like, wow, they they didn't want me like they didn't Mm. like something's wrong with me that someone wouldn't want me as their counselor or, you know, whatever. It's like, you could tell I was struggling with a lot of. Yeah, no, I could tell like, it's a very vulnerable thing to admit. And yet so many people can relate. Yeah. And, And then the funny thing amid all of that, my husband was always, always in a presidency. He's probably opposite four years that he wasn't in a presidency of something. He was um, always elders quorum president. And then he went into being young men's president. And then he was called to be the bishop. And then he was called to be in the state presidency where he's serving now. And I was like, okay, so what am I chopped liver here? <laughs> like, I've got a heart willing to serve. I can do it. <laughs> Put me in coach. <laughs> My husband, the only one that is worth anything here yeah all going back to worth and and then of course wow talk about the last wagon there you're very behind the scenes when your husband's serving and callings like that you know nobody sees the the mornings which I'm sure as I described as I know many can relate to it just where you're trying to get your kids ready for church and there's way too many tears and uh, my friend described it as the the hour before church is the most unholy hour followed by the most holy hour of the week yeah no I yeah I told a friend of mine the other day I'm like stop asking me how I'm doing on Sundays ask me on a Tuesday (laughs) (laughs) when they're in school don't ask me like after sacrament meeting on Sundays Uh, you know, doing that all by yourself. And then the nights where you've had such a long, horrible day, and then your husband can't be home because he has more duties to do. You know, you just, that those are definitely the unseen things, but it, it was so interesting though, as my perspective started changing, I realized I, it took me a while to figure out, but I was so focused on the callings I wasn't receiving that I didn't realize the mm. calling I did and the purpose mm. the callings I did have. And I learned two really important things through that whole experience of feeling like I was always sustaining my husband and in the background and whatever. And the first was that, um, to be able to sustain someone in using their gifts and developing their gifts is just as sacred of a calling. It's a really beautiful thing to be in that role. Mm-hmm. And it took 
me a while to recognize that and appreciate that role and how no less serviceable, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the second thing was, you know, when the spirit was like, Amber, look at the things you have been called to. I was like, oh, wow. Like I've taught every class that is teachable in church. I've had like every single primary class, every single Sunday school class, every single adult class, like I seminary teacher I've taught, I've been a teacher. And now with what I'm doing online, wow, I'm so grateful. All those years of teaching and teaching and teaching has developed that gift to do what I'm doing right now to be teaching. Um, and so you just don't know God's purpose for you, but you can trust if you're on that path, there's a purpose for it and seen or unseen Christ is drawing you closer to him and he's going to help you draw others closer to him as well. Yeah. Amen. I think that's just a perfect, perfect way to end it. Thank you so much, Amber. Thank you for being here and for sharing your thoughts and for being vulnerable and letting me embarrass you and just sharing your light. You're just incredible. And I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much for having me on here. I love that you're doing this and I've loved your insights as well. It's been a fun mm -hmm. conversation. It's so fun. Okay. So stay tuned for next week. Next week is um, sister rides talk. I believe it's called abide with him. I'll have to look that up. I probably shouldn't have said that until I actually knew for sure. But like I said, we're just going to go in order of the conference talks and um, yeah, just put some more light out there. Thanks for being here. Thank you.